Um, I was uh, in my holiday break and um, I was watching a Bill Johnson sermon uh, from Bethel and um, I came across a joke at the start of one of his messages, which he does one at the start of every message if you watch Bill Johnson basically. And um, I could not help but put this down. I just, I want to share it with you. It is so good. Now I'm hyping it up, so I hope it's good. Uh, this is what it says. It says, an elderly woman had just returned to her home from an evening of church service when she was startled by an intruder. As she caught the man in the act of robbing her home of its valuables, she yelled, stop, Acts 2.38, which says, turn from your sin. Then the burglar stopped dead in his tracks The woman calmly called the police and explained what she had done. As the officer cuffed the man to take him in, he asked the burglar, why did you just stand there? All she did was yell a scripture to you. Scripture, replied the burglar. She said she had an ax in 238. I thought thought it was so good. I thought it was so good. So with that, we're going to be talking about the power of God this morning. And uh, the power of God, as we just talked about, it is so real. And Holy Spirit is wanting to move powerfully through our lives. And I'm going to be preaching from a passage in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 to 8. And I'm reading from the NIV. Uh, This is what it says. It says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Can I throw out a challenge to us right at the start? At the start of 2023, I know we're a month into it, but let's just pretend we're at the start. Let's add something to our New Year's resolution list. Let's add to see the power of God move through our life. Not just half the room, not just a few people in the room, but every single person here, every single person online to see the power of God move in our lives. And he is wanting to move powerfully through your life. I remember I was 17 years old and um, when I was 17, uh, I saw the power of God moving through my life uh, all the time. It was amazing. Uh, I saw it at school. I saw it on the streets. I saw it in the mall. uh, I saw it most places I went. And uh, I remember I was uh, at church one time and uh, I was preaching and I was sharing these testimonies of all these different healings that I had been seeing. And uh, there was a guy who came up to me at the front uh, after I had finished speaking and he said, why do I not see people healed like you do? And as a 17-year-old, to be honest, I was quite startled. I'm like, how do I answer this? Like, help me, God. And I just, the first thought that came to my mind was, do you actually pray for people to get healed? Sounds a bit too simple, almost insulting that it's too simple. And I just said, do you pray for people to get healed? And he said, I don't. I said, I know your problem. (laughs) Because the thing is, there's no secret formula. If we want to see the sick healed, we need to pray for the sick. If we want to see demons driven out, like the scripture says, we need to rebuke them. 
Come on, we need to take action and we need to go. Everybody say go. We need to go and take action. Uh, I looked up the definition of go, which was quite weird, typing two letters for a definition, but I did it. And uh, guess what it means? It means move from one place to another. Revelation. Everyone can go home satisfied. Uh, and and the, I said, move from one place to another. And when we want to see the power of God move in our life, we need to go. We need to move from one place to another. Let me explain that. The power of God is not limited to the church pews. Amen. We should, we should definitely uh, believe and have confidence and an assurance that God is going to move powerfully when we're here together, when we gather. Come on, I believe that God is going to move powerfully this morning. But it's not limited to this building. God is wanting to move outside of this building, and He is saying, go. And He wants to move through your life. We have to go. Everybody say, go. Awesome. God is wanting to display his power through us. Romans 8.11 says this, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's some good news. So when we take action and we go, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Lives in us. I have some good news. Do you want to hear it? Here's some good news for you. When we go, he goes with us. When we lay hands on the sick, he lays his hands on the sick. That's some very, very, very good news. As we go, he goes with us. Everybody say go. The next question is, all right, well, what do I do when I go? All right. What do I do when I go? Jesus told us this very clearly, and I love how Jesus often makes things very clear. He says, I need, want you to do this, and here's how you do it. This is what he says. He says, he didn't say, go and argue. Amen. <laughs> he didn't say, go and manipulate. He didn't say, uh, go and, uh, and, and convince. What he said was, go and preach. Now, a few people here just went back in their seat like, okay, you had me at go, but now at preach, you've lost me. <laughs> the thing is, we often, when we hear preach, we, we think of a platform and we think of a microphone in front of a crowd of people, right? Uh, but the thing is, preach actually means proclaim. So what God is asking of us is to go and proclaim. I'm sure that when we're all passionate about something, we proclaim it. Oh man, I, I proclaim things. And God is saying, go and proclaim. And we may talk to someone who's more educated than us. We may talk to someone who knows more than us. But we have a secret weapon. And that is when we go, he will go with us. When we lay hands on the sick, he will lay his hands on the sick. The power of the Holy Spirit is working with us. If we want to live an effective life for the kingdom of God, where we go and where we proclaim, 
listen to this. This is something that was taught to me by Daniel Kalinda in the States. And he said this, we need to go through life with an awareness and a confidence that Holy Spirit is walking with us. Uh, The way that he unpacks that is, if we would leave the building today, we need to leave the building with a confidence and an assurance that every step we take, God is directing, and every person that we come in contact with, God has prepared for us. He may have even prepared them for weeks, months, or years for the encounter that we'll have with them. And then God is saying, would you go and proclaim? If we live with an assurance and a confidence that Holy Spirit is with us and guiding us, it will change the way that we live. Reinhard Bonnke once said this, he said, evangelism is not about knowing all the right doctrinal points to preach. Evangelism is working with and partnering with the master evangelist, the Holy Spirit. And so that takes so much pressure off us because when we go and when we proclaim, we're partnered with the master evangelist. We're partnered with Holy Spirit. And we have his promise that if we go, he will go with us. Come on, that's amazing. I pray you're feeling inspired to go this morning. So we're going to go, we're going to proclaim, but the next question is, what do I proclaim? What do I proclaim? And again, he makes it very clear uh, in the scripture in Matthew 10, 7, 8 again. He says, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. I dare you to try this today. <laughs> I dare you, I dare you. Excuse me, uh, did you know that the kingdom of heaven has come near to you today? <laughs> I dare you! Uh, I just, uh, I, think, I think of many moments in my life where I have proclaimed and it's opened a door for me to tell someone about Jesus. Uh, I remember in uh, high school, uh, I was in my business studies class and there was a guy named Tom who sat next to me every day. It was two desks next to each other and Tom was next to me. And, and uh, one time I, I, I took a bit of boldness and I just said, hey man, have you ever heard about Jesus? And I, and I proclaimed. And he was like, bro, I, I don't really want to hear about it. I said, like, okay. The next day I came back to business studies he came and he had about 10 questions for me. So what does this mean in the Bible? What, what does Jesus mean when he says that? And he's done, he's done his homework. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm trying my best to answer these questions. And, and then, okay, we get to the end of the, end of the class. And then uh, the next day he comes, sit down, 10 more questions. And every single day he had questions for me. He told me that he, had nothing, he didn't want anything to do with it. But I opened up a door and about five weeks later, probably 25 classes later, he was sitting next to me in the middle of Bible study, in the middle of business studies, giving his life to Jesus. It's amazing. And I opened a door and it started with proclaiming, proclaiming. I remember uh, I was in the States when I was uh, 17 and um, there was uh, the bellboy at my hotel. And every time I'd walk past him, I'd be like, hey man, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And the first time he was like, whatever. 
The second time, yep, you told me yesterday. And he kept going. By the fifth day, he was on his knees in the middle of the hotel car park, giving his life to Jesus. And it started with proclaiming. The funny thing is that these these stories here, uh, they didn't actually start that great, let's be honest. They kind of told me they didn't want anything to do with me or God. But it opened up a door for the power of the Holy Spirit to touch them. There was another lady in the States, and uh, what's a dairy called in the States again? Someone told me. 7-Eleven, sure. Yeah, it was like a little dairy. I don't know what it was. Anyway, and, and I walked in there, and there was a, there was a lovely African-American lady uh, who was at the counter every day. And she was one of those classic, like, um, mama bears. You know, she'd walk, you'd walk in, and she'd treat you as in, like, like I'm her son. And she'd be like, yo, hey! And, like, every time I walk in, it was so cool. And I'd walk in, and I'd, you know, put my, put my, um, uh, one time I, I put, um, some cranberry juice and a box of cereal <laughs> on the counter because I was doing communion with a couple of mates. It was really weird. But anyway, um, <laughs> you do what you can, eh? And then uh, I remember the first day, hey, I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. I said, oh, yeah, okay. And the same situation. You told me that yesterday. You told me that yesterday. And by the fifth day again, she had her hand underneath the plastic kind of screen and I was holding her hand leading her to Jesus. And it was amazing. And it started with proclaiming. Come on, God is calling us to go and proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. But we can't stop there. We need to demonstrate it as well. We need to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near, period. But he says in the next sentence, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Why did he say that? Because when the kingdom comes, it looks like something real. It looks like something real. Real. Did you know that this isn't just a theological concept, a religious concept that we're talking about, but Jesus is alive and he's as real as the chairs we're sitting on. He's as real as the platform I'm standing on. And he is wanting to move through you. He is wanting to demonstrate his power through you. So heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, Drive out demons. Well, you say, well, what if the person that I've gone and proclaimed to, what, what if they don't need any of those things? Well, pray that God would reveal himself to them. Uh, you say, well, well, what if I pray and nothing happens? Uh, I remember at the school of evangelism I was at in America, Reinhard Bonnke uh, said this to me and it changed my life. It was amazing. He said, if you pray for 99 people and none of them get healed, Pray for the next person as if all 99 people were healed. Why? Because God's word doesn't depend on our experience. Come on, God's word doesn't depend on our experience. I've prayed for so many people who have got healed, but I've also prayed for so many people who haven't got healed. But who am I to be like, nah, God, I don't feel it today. Come on, God is wanting to demonstrate his power through us. He's wanting to move through us. 
I believe that there are people today who are here who you used to go. You used to proclaim. You used to see signs and wonders and miracles and see the power of God moving through your life. Maybe you were online and that was you. But for some reason, you've stopped. Come on, I believe that God is saying today is the day to go again. Maybe there's some people here and you have never done it. You've never gone. You've never proclaimed. You've never seen the power of God move through your life. Come on, let's make it a New Year's resolution this year. Let's see the power of God move through your life this year. God is saying it's time to go now. I pray that we can all have the courage to go. Because you see, it's not the evangelist's job or the pastor's job or the prophet's job or the guest speaker's job or whatever. It's our job. It's the disciple's job to go, to proclaim and to demonstrate his power. There is so much on the line. Can we get real this morning? Is that okay with you guys? There, there are people that are around us every day that are currently on a road walking towards an eternity away from Jesus, walking towards an eternity in hell. And God is saying, would you go? Would you proclaim? Would you demonstrate my power to see people go from this road onto a road where they're walking towards me and they're gonna spend an eternity with me? And God's asking that of all of us. The question is, will we do it or will we not? I, I had an encounter. I actually haven't shared this encounter publicly before. Uh, I, I shared it at the 9 a.m. And uh, I was 17 years old and it rocked my world. I was uh, at Bible college, just had a lesson with Simon Moitata, so it was a good one. And um, uh, we were driving home. Uh, I was driving home by myself and it was probably about nine o'clock at night. It was dark and uh, I remember out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I got an intense pain in my chest. It was so intense that I nearly crashed my car and I had to pull over. And uh, I just remembered in, being in the car, it was pretty ugly. I was screaming and crying, like, what the heck is happening? I, th- I thought I was either having a heart attack or I got shot. Um, yeah, being a 17-year-old guy watching movies, I probably, I probably thought I was shot, but anyway. Uh, and then... I just said, God, you need to make this stop. And it stopped instantly. It was a powerful encounter. And, and I just, I was like, God, what the heck was that? And I felt God say to me, that's only the smallest glimpse of what I feel when one of my kids go to hell. And you see, what you don't understand is that since the age of 16, I was praying this prayer. Uh, my parents knew about it, and I think Kathan knew about it. And I was praying this prayer. I always said, God, would you give me an experience of hell so I know where I, I know what it's like so I don't want to see anybody ever go there. Every person I walk past, no, 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 I cannot let them go there. And, and I had this encounter at 17 years old and it shook me. It shook my world. That's where my, the, the passion that I have for seeing people saved and walking with Jesus really started. And it shook me to the core. And, and the reality is, is that there's so many people that are around us. We've got common classmates, work colleagues, family, friends, that lady at the supermarket, that bellboy at the hotel. 
where there's so many people that are right now on a road towards an eternity in hell without Jesus. And God is saying, come on, would you go? Would you proclaim? Would you demonstrate my power so that we can see the people around us walking in eternity with Jesus? It is such an amazing responsibility. And that's what God is asking for us. It's what Jesus died for. I'm going to read the story of Jesus. It's one of the most tragic stories. And as I read it, I want you just to put yourself in Jesus' shoes. As I read it, I want you to imagine your Jesus as I read this. There is no death more painful than crucifixion. And here's the thing. You knew it was coming. That's rough. (laughs) Your best friend is the one who turns you in. Your people turn against you. You're completely innocent and everybody knows it. They choose a criminal who deserves the crucifixion to be released instead of you. They mock you. All you've done is help people. They beat you up and whip you so bad that you're already nearly dead before you're even crucified. And then they make you carry the heavy cross in your half-dead condition to the spot you know that you're going to die in. And then they crucify you. I don't think you could write a more tragic story. And Jesus went and did that for you and for me. Jesus went and did that for the world. And come on, we know that the story doesn't end there. But what he is asking of us, he's saying, I did this for you. Would you go? Would you proclaim? And would you demonstrate my power to see the people around us know Jesus? And the question is, will we do it? Or will we not? It's time to proclaim. It's time to go. It's time to demonstrate. Romans 1, 14 to 15 from the Passion Translation says this. Love obligates me to preach to everyone. Love obligates me to proclaim to everyone. To those who are among the elite and those who are among the outcasts. To those who are wise and educated as well as those who are foolish and unlearned. This is why I am so excited about coming to preach the wonderful message of Jesus to you in Rome. Come on, I pray that this morning, love would obligate us to go. Love would obligate us to proclaim. Love would obligate us to demonstrate because God wants to move powerfully through you. God wants to move powerfully through me. How amazing is that? He's chosen us. He's chosen us. Why don't you stand to your feet? As we finish, I'd love to pray for us this morning. And what I want to pray is I want to pray that love would obligate us to go, to proclaim, and to demonstrate his power. Because there are people around us who need us to do it for them. If you're here this morning, you're saying, man, 
I'm feeling stirred. I'm feeling the pull of the Holy Spirit. And I feel him saying, go, proclaim and demonstrate my power. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hands to receive from him as I pray. God, we thank you that you're here. God, we thank you that you're closer than the skin on our bodies. And God, I just pray for a a confidence and an assurance that you are with us, that where we go, you will go. God, I pray for a boldness and a courage, supernatural boldness and courage to come upon us all that we can go, that we can proclaim and that we can demonstrate your power. God, I thank you that you chose us. God, I thank you for what you did on the cross. God, I thank you for the, for the for absolutely tragic story that you went through so that we can have a way to you, so that we can be connected with you. And God, I pray that that we can help other people around us know that love, know that peace, know that freedom, know that joy that we've all experienced. God, I pray that this morning that love would obligate us to go, proclaim, and to demonstrate your power. In Jesus' name.